Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. Today, we are on the phone, and I always say that we are on the phone with a special guest, but this is truly special for me with a good friend of mine I consider part of the Project Purple family, part of the Team Carone family, Dustin Clark, who is one of the original founders of Fogline, is in a lead role with the band Fogline, calling in from Medford, Oregon. How are you, Dustin? I am doing fantastic. I love you, brother. I love you, man. And for our listeners at home, just to give my backstory on Dustin and why we brought you on the podcast, you're just an inspirational dude and you've done a lot with Team Corona and there's this great relationship with Project Purple and Team Corona over the years that's built off of Rick and, and now Tim and the rest of the family and the board there at Team Corona kind of carrying that on. And you and I have met probably, I've got to go out on a limb, say four times in, in Cary, yeah. or Crystal Lake. And about three or four months ago, Maybe not that long ago. Maybe it was about two months ago. I had this idea to add some new music to our podcast. So for those listening at home, if this is the first time, then the music that we use in the introduction and also in the close is Compliments of Fogline. And for those of you who have listened to other episodes of the podcast, maybe from the very beginning, we had some cool music, but I was like, you know, producer Sam, we need to step up our game here in 2019. (laughs) And so we had we had some really grand ideas, you know, like who 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 we could reach out to, you know. And I was like, damn, you know, we could buy, you know, music online. There's a way to license that, you know. Clearly, there's a business for that. And we could try to reach out to someone really famous. But then I was like, well, you you accomplished that. Well, yeah, we accomplished that. <laughs> well, well, some of the ideas we had an idea board, you know, and some of the ideas was sure. like, you know, Taylor Swift. Um, you know, maybe Adele, you know, um, some other recording artists as well that will not be named. And then I was like, you know what, man, I I think I got the band in in mind that I think would do this thing justice from so many angles. So I love having the music. We actually, before we recorded, and we're going to get this done, we're going to pipe that music in somehow into our office so that that plays nonstop. That should be... This is where great ideas come from, Sam. That should be the hold music on our phones when we have. We got to find a way to change the hold music to the fog line theme music for the podcast. So, in all seriousness, and I'm being 100 percent serious. I'm not. I'm oh, not no, making I this love up. it, man. I, I absolutely love it. You have no idea what that you know what those sentiments mean to a guy like me. I'll tell you that, and to our band. So, I, we appreciate. Any and every opportunity to be involved with things that we clearly have a passion for. So I, I love it. It's a win for me. Well, we're we're gonna try to make that happen, and and I've got to tell you, you know, um, so in all seriousness, the music that opening and closing is from Fogline. I reached out to Dustin. It's probably like two months ago, Dustin. I'd have to say, and we yeah. talked about it, and you were like right away. You were like absolutely, man, and you're coming out with a new album, which I know we'll get into. Uh, at some point here in this uh, podcast, but you were like, here you go, man. Like, just just take the uh, instrumental music and, you know, I can send you the whole album. So it was awesome, man. And it's just, for me, it's just so cool because we're able to kind of bridge this gap that, you know, we've had this friendship over the past couple years, which we're going to get into, but it's just so awesome. And it's such a, I think, a tribute to all of that and everything that we're doing. And you guys have been awesome to work with Team Corona and do all the things you you guys have done over the years. And I know we've got you on the podcast, but, you know, there's there's a couple other guys there in the band um, that, that we do want to, you know, uh, make uh, reference to my boy, Zach. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah. I've got to meet really well, and I know you've added some new guys this year, or one new gentleman on the band this year. Yeah, we're uh, the the newest members. Uh, it's John Martin, and and uh, he's he's awesome. He brings he brings something real special uh, to the plate, and you know, I I just think you know we've we'll be hitting the five year mark, which which is amazing to me that it that it's been that long, but you know. Uh, it's crazy that in that time frame, you know, to, to, to accomplish what we've accomplished with basically three different, this is our third new, we try to keep with a, with a dual type of a front. Cause I think it, it just is fun to be able to play off each other for the fans. I think it's fun to bring in harmony aspects with two guys. And so we've, we've tried to keep that going that way. And, you know, you, you, you build around each, each guy and, you know, life just, directs people in different ways and so uh, we've lost two guys and we've wished them all well you know there's no hard feelings per se you know after it's all ended and we've we feel fortunate to have brought john on board with with what we're doing he's he grew up here in southern oregon um a lot of his ideals and his mindset he was an immediate an immediate fit um had just enough country in him to just be like, this is it, man. This is happening. So we're just going to run with it. And that's all That's all we can do. You know, you, you pick a guy and you build great music around who you have and, and just see see how much mileage you can get out of it. And we've we've been pretty blessed in a lot of opportunities. So, uh, It's awesome. And, uh, you know, Kyle there, too, on the drums has been awesome to, to get to know. I mean, I know I met John this past, well, last year. But, you know, yeah. meeting really you, Zach, and Kyle over the last couple years and it's just been uh, yeah. an awesome relationship. Kyle, Kyle was an original guy. You know, he was, uh, it was an interesting story with him. It started with, uh, I don't know if you ever had a chance to meet Alex. You know, it started as a duo with just me and my buddy. And yeah. it, we quickly realized that, hey man, uh, we can do more than just a duo if we want to put our hearts into it. And and it was just like this gift. We were, we just had made it to, you know, to figure out who we could get for band members. And uh, Kyle just, you know, miraculously appears in this scenario. And so he jumps right on board. And then shortly after that, Ben Jennings, our, our lead guitarist, he he was in the mix. And without any effort, you know, we fell into a group of five guys that just were very intentional, were very passionate about, the, the you know, this this job as being a part of this band. And, and it just took off like wildfire for us. And... Ben's brother was actually the reason Ben's in the band because he had, he was a, he was our first bass player and so when when Ben's brother didn't work out Ben was in another band with Zach and that that band was kind of phasing out and so in a very short time we've had we've had all you know, there's been a core group of Fogline from the beginning and it's been with that core group it, that's what's been very precious to me is. You know, a few guys can come and go, but for the for the most part, we've been able to build off and be together and have the same vision and see goals met and all be able to appreciate them when they come our way. And I think that's something special about our band. We don't try to, you know, put anybody in front of each other. People fit roles because of their position and how their personalities are. But we make a strong point to, you know, you take one of us out, you know, you're dealing with a broken wheel. So it's, 
it's just been fun. You know, we've approached a lot of things different than most bands, and we've received a lot of benefits because of it. So, so awesome, man. I mean, I, I've seen it, you know, for the, like I said, over the last four years, and it just a great group of guys. And I guess I will leave with this. It's, it's like a brotherhood. You know, I, I think when you guys Absolutely. are together hanging out, it's almost like being with their, like, your older brothers or younger brothers, kind of having a good time, giving each other a hard time, you know, joking yeah. and stuff. But, uh, you know, when you guys get up on stage, it's just like magic, man. It's just well, absolute magic. You, that's, that's the biggest compliment is uh, that, that we ever can get. Is just It just looks like you guys have so much fun. You know, again, and it just looks like you're a group of guys that we we could see ourselves hanging out with at a tailgate party, drinking a beer by a fire, you know, and that's, we've made it a point to try to be th- those guys because we are those guys, you know, and so when that, when you're able to translate that over and in a crowd of 50 to a couple thousand, you get that type of feedback. That's, to me, that's the biggest compliment because it's, it's the most genuine thing. You know, there's great and talented musicians in every band and, um, you know, when, when some, when you've met that expectation and they go in and a person goes right to the, I just, we just love hanging out with you guys because you just seem like we're already friends and family. And that's, we're pretty proud of being able to stay in that position. And it makes it fun because the platform we've created, that's what it's based around, you know, and it's, it's nice to be able to see that being effective. Being, when you're, when you're put in a position as a band, you know, you're, you're uh, instantly given a platform to work off of. And from the start, you know, we've not wanted to take advantage of that and just do stupid things, say stupid things, represent stupid things. And we took it serious, you know, and to, to impact one people or more, you know, we have an opportunity with that captive audience to, to be able to do that. And we, we take it serious, you know, we want to represent ourselves well. And the people that represent us, we want to reflect and be good ambassadors for them, which is why... You know, I'm so excited about this. Uh, the Project Purple, the whole team, Corone and Rick, you know, that's a, it was a huge, a huge part of Fogline and, and my personal life, you know, and it just, everything integrated so well that it just, you know, I, I, I don't regret anything about where we're at and, and our opportunities with both, you know, with you guys and with Team Corone. It's been, it's been incredible. Well, I, I appreciate those words, man, and, and we're going to get into that. But before we get into that, I appreciate you sharing the history of the band and the makeup. And uh, I want to learn a little bit more about, like, what was the gumption to start a band? Because I'm sure there's listeners at home, and we've all been there. I mean, I, I, I have to admit, selfishly, like, when I was in, like, the eighth grade, I took guitar lessons for, like, four years. And I, and I got to be honest, man, the thought of starting a band absolutely crossed my mind. But like, what was that initial? I mean, you guys have done well. And I know, I know you're a humble guy. I mean, to be able to, I think, first of all, bring a, a group of people together and harmoniously like pull it off the way you guys do and then be able to perform. And we're going to talk about that. I know you guys opened up, you guys had a great opportunity, opened up for a really big superstar on the country music scene. And being in the opportunity, I mean, that's not luck. Um, you got to have some talent and, and, you know, clearly you guys do. So like, let's go back to the very beginning, Dustin. Like, how did this all start? Well, it, it, it is a, it's probably one of the coolest stories, you know, for, for multiple reasons, because literally there was no 
it just kind of happened, but it definitely, there definitely is a starting point. Let's back up even further. Did, did you, were you always musically inclined? Yeah, so I grew up in a music family. Uh, my folks, my mom's side of the family was in a band when she was little, and they, they toured all over the place. I grew, I grew up listening to my mom. She was a, she was nuts when it came to singing harmonies. So I, I developed early on an ear for harmony that, uh, that I didn't realize would come into play, you know, down the road. And, and I didn't realize that it was a difficult thing. You know, your mind has to do a funny thing when someone's sitting right next to you singing a melody and you jump on a different, a different musical tone, yeah. you know, you have to be able to hear both and, and, and sing one and hear the other. And, yeah. and I grew up and I'm so, it, it's funny how that, it kind of groomed me into a, into the position of being able to do that, which I, which I didn't know at the time, but it's, it's clearly an asset when it comes to singing. So they toured all over. Um, it was the Borden family band and they actually, uh, they're actually on the Lawrence Welk show, which I thought was wow. awesome. My, uh, when, you know, I, everybody grew up and did their own thing. My mom kind of, you know, she got started with the family. My aunt, she, she took singing, you know, as a profession and she was able to, to go play in Vegas and play all over the place. And she was actually, we have a, we have a vinyl of her recording stand by me before it, uh, before it took, you know, with the, with the, I, I, I'm ashamed. I don't know the original artist, but we have an album of it. Was one of her recordings before it went big. Wow. And I always thought that was the coolest thing. Uh, and she's a tremendous singer, even to this day. And uh, my uncle, <clears throat> Uncle Mick, Mick Borden, was in a band all the way through his early years, and they opened routinely um, in a club for Elvis in Vegas. And Elvis, they have a picture of Elvis holding on. I think holding their firstborn baby, you know, type of a thing. And again, that's just a crazy, it's a crazy backstory of the family. And they also, in Jim Morrison's book, his autobiography, he makes reference to this band that they stopped in in Vegas to see. And uh, they were just in a, in a bar, this band comes up, and they make reference to, and it, it turned out to be the band my uncle was in. And I think it's the coolest name to this day. And I, I want to say the quote in the book is, Hey, we stopped in a club in Vegas, got to listen to this band called Stark Naked and the Car Thieves, and we really <laughs> think they have a, you know, they have an honest, they, they, they're going to make it big. But it was in reference to my uncle's band. Yeah. But that was, that's very, very cool. So, so I grew up, um, obviously surrounded by music, but didn't necessarily like it at when I was younger. I was always forced to sing, always forced to perform. Hey, Dustin, come sing this song. And, and it kind of made me bitter yeah. towards it. Um, I got into my, you know, my junior and high school years, and I was heavily involved in the youth group. And uh, my brother at the time was learning to play guitar from one of the, the youth pastors. And I'd sit in the other room as that annoying little brother. And I actually learned to play guitar by watching and then just listening. And so I, I had such a ridiculous approach to learning how to play the guitar. No music theory, no nothing. Just memorizing shapes with your fingers and listening and knowing that was right. And then just, then just looked into it a little bit more. So I, I could, I could routinely play chords and strum to worship songs and, and sing along with it. And that was, that was basically the extent of what I pursued music wise. Later on, after I was married and we got established in another church, 
you know, I was I was in a role as a, as a worship leader for the church, and still am to this day. But because of that, this guy jumps up on the worship platform one day, and he's got this fiddle in his hand, and and he starts playing the fiddle, and he, we're singing together, and it's just it was like that moment where you go, hey, this is this is kind of cool, you know. And afterwards, I was talking with him. And he, uh, we draw, I'll never forget it. We walk out in the church parking lot. He's got, you've heard the term rust bucket pickups. This, yeah. this takes it to the next degree. There's this orange pickup. The tailgate slams down and he pulls this guitar out. He's like, hey man, uh, that was so much fun. It, you know, our voices really blended together. And he's young. He's, he was in his 20s at the time. And, and uh, maybe just turned 21 or 22 with blonde-headed kid, and that was his name was Alex. And we he jumps on his tailgate. He goes, "I'd like to, I like to play a song. Tell me what you think." And so he plays this song that he wrote, and I just sat there going, "You just wrote that?" You know, this was completely enamored by this song, and and it sounded like it could be on any country radio station. And he was a very talented individual with his acoustic guitar playing, you know, so he, he captivated you with his instrument, with his lyrics and his voice, just drew you in, and I was like, why don't you do anything with that, and so he, he's like, well, you know, I've tried, and blah, 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 and this and that and the other, and uh, the more I got to be friends with him, the more I realized that he, he was kind of in a place where um, he was a little bit bitter about pursuing music, you know, having a, having a dad that was devout on practice, and, you know, you have to play fiddle, for 24 hours a day in practice. And it just, he kind of had that early burnout type of a feel. Mm. And I felt that he didn't have the gumption. So I, I just kind of offered up, Hey, we should do something. Let's learn these songs and let's just play. Let's just see what, what happens. Cause I think if anything, we'll have fun. You know, worst case scenario is we, we do something with it. And that was on the tailgate of a pickup <laughs> was where, was where it started. So Our country's that. <laughs> I, I, I'm still blown away though that what you just said. So you didn't, you never took guitar lessons. Like this was something that just inherently. I never took guitar lessons. So you've never, never taken any lessons at any at any point in time in your life up until today. No. So you no, can just no, pick up a guitar, and it just comes naturally, man. I I wouldn't say. No, I will say I never took lessons in the sense of an instructor. Yeah. I learned by ear. And then, you know, uh, my brother had all the, his little paperwork and books, yeah. and they show you where your fingers go. So I, I would say I was self-taught in the beginning, and, the, and, and then I was, you know, we grew up in a time where there's YouTube became more relevant. You know, it was an easy thing to access. You know, everything was kind of buzzing around the Internet. So you could go to and have reference made through your computer, although it was always dial-up and annoying, but you didn't know it was annoying at the time. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that came much later. Where much later, if yeah. If it doesn't happen in, in under a second, you're, you're irritated. But, uh, but yeah, so I just, I self-taught my, I was self-taught the guitar, and, you know, as I wanted to learn more, then, then I would just invest more time into it. But no, I never, I never had guitar lessons, never had any singing lessons, uh, never even had the intention of being in a band, never been in a band. This is the only band I've ever been in. And it's just, it weirds all the other guys out because they've been in bands their whole lives. Ben's been in a jillion bands for like 20 years. And same thing with John and, and everybody else and Zach. They've all been in multiple bands. 
And so right out the gate, you know, when I, when I hear that, I've always known that we've had something special, you know, because it's, it's been more than anybody has experienced in all the other bands. And so it was kind of cool. But so we get, we get to singing these songs and Alex was, he just fit that personality where as long as he's got a guy motivating, you know, things were going to start happening. And I just had a sense with that. And I remember telling him, saying, hey, listen, you have way more of a gift than you're giving yourself credit for. And I believe that we should pursue this as much as we can. You have dreams of going to Nashville. You want to do this and that and the other. And it just, it just started working in that direction. I got involved because I wanted to see someone with talent do something with it, you know? Yeah. And... I just long for the ride, right? And so I, we get, and he, he winds up being a, a really good friend of mine, um, living at my home for a while. So the opportunity to sing all the time and our voices just clicked and locked in. And, and it was a, just a really, really special thing, you know, when it came to singing with someone. And once it kind of got to that point, that's when I, you know, I'll, I'll go back to what I had said earlier, where I say, hey, listen, we can, we can, we could take this somewhere else. And so we got to, we got to think of a name. Um, if we're going to form a band, we obviously got to have a name. And it's the funniest thing, you know, well, my wife was laughing so hard. So we're in my taxidermy shop and we're, for, you know, it, well, the night before we're in my drift boat. This is, this is so odd. If you can visualize this, it makes you laugh. We're in a drift boat in a gravel parking lot by my garage, you know, <laughs> at my house. Yeah. We're, he brings over, that's how young Alex is. Alex comes over and he goes, Look at this, and he pulls this this forty ounce Budweiser out of a bag and goes, "Have you ever seen one of these?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a few of them a time or two. <laughs> and so we're sitting in the front seat of the drift boat. We have Tupperware glasses. I think it was a red and a blue one. And we pour warm Budweiser in these Tupperware glasses, smoking cigars, going, "All right, get our thinking caps on, let's go." So we just start just word association band names and it's just bam 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 and we get absolutely nowhere other than just drinking warm beer and hating our cigars at the end of it so the next day we're in the shop and it's like all right let's be a little bit more tin but let's write some things out and i always wanted you know you you just hope to find a good name for a band something that's not stupid something that may hopefully applies to what you're what you're about and you know and there's just try to name a band and, and just see the frustration there. And so we're just spitballing the, from the dumbest things to the some potential things. And then I'm thinking, okay, so we're from Southern Oregon. There's got to be something, something in Southern Oregon that, that can kind of stick out. And I had thought, I was like, fuck, where we're at, it is just freaking foggy. It, it gets so foggy that you, you cannot see. There have been times going up, some of these roads hunting where the only way you know you're even on the freaking road is with your door kicked open staring at the fog line and i'm staring and i'm thinking of that and then i just like what about fog line and that's how it just like that then that that was it the name was name was everybody said that's it that's just the perfect name and what i like about it it's catchy um it, it represents a few things you know, if if you want to take it for its literal term, the fog line that is something that keeps you on the road. It's something that helps you go forward, and it, it's just it, it's amazing to me 
that out of a thousand plus different type of stupid names that that pops up, it automatically fit, and it's been something that we've been able to build around since day one, and it's been great. That's so awesome, man. It's just hearing you that. Just, I think like sometimes when you're looking for these great ideas, like you don't necessarily see them in front of you, and then just randomly they appear, right? Like I, I think you know this just kind of has to be like yeah. natural. So that's such a such an awesome story to hear. Kind of, and again for me, I've known you over the last four years. I've never really, I don't think we've ever kind of broken it down like that, man. So I appreciate you not only sharing that with me, but also our audience at home. And I, oh, you bet. I just am still blown away, man, because I've been able, and hopefully our audience at the end, we're going to give them an opportunity to listen to your music, see your videos and stuff like that. But I, I think you're extremely talented. I mean, I think that's one thing for me. Like music has always been something that's been in my life in various levels and whether it was growing up. And like I said, my parents, I wouldn't say required that I take uh, guitar lessons, but it was it was kind of like assumed. And uh, my brother played sure. the piano, and, and he was actually a very good piano player. I kind of gave up on guitar and then moved to basketball. So I think that was like the trade-off with my parents. Like they wanted us doing something. But I've always aspired and looked up to people that are so musically inclined as yourself just because I think yeah. it's talent, man. It's just awesome. It's just awesome to see people do what they can do with instruments and also vocally with their voice and how your mind works that way, which is totally different than the majority of the population. So it's just awesome. Oh, it is so cool. You know, I've been – I've loved it so much because like I said, I've never – I've never experienced anything like this. Um, I just, I have nothing to relate it to other than what we've done. And it's been, it's been awesome. And what I think, you know, since then, you know, like I said, we can, we can use the, you know, the, the five year time frame. but there's been, there's a ton of local bands, a ton of them. And there, there's some ridiculous talent that we, that we get a chance to play with. And, and that's around this valley. And I remember right off the get, just recognizing, you know, why, trying to figure out why these bands are still doing the same thing, why they're not, why nothing progresses, why they're always just in a, in a three or four bar rotation. And, you know, I, I just started trying to figure that out because I'm like, there's several bands that if you want to compare talent, they could play us under the table. Hmm. And so I go back to thinking, you know, because I've been self-employed, and so I've been driven in a way to where you have to make things happen. You know, if you're not if you're not trying to make things happen, nothing is happening. If, if, you, if you're not trying, you're going backwards. And so I'm thinking, what is what is not happening with these bands? And so I took a lot of the principles and approaches immediately revealed that people were just lazy. You know, there's a laziness out there, and I don't mean that to to, to talk down to anybody. But there, no, but yeah, I, no, think, I understand. I, I think I think a person, you uh, complacency just sets in, and you get satisfied with where you're at, and it stops you from wanting to move forward. And uh, I was so I was so crazy into just knowing that we had something and wanting to get it out there that was different. We were original. We had original songs. We weren't a cover band, so we immediately had a different negotiating chip to offer. Um, and we fought that a little bit because most of the bars, when you start, they don't want unfamiliar music played. But we, we,
we hit a stroke of luck where we were able to sell, you know, hey, listen, we'll make you a deal type of a thing. We're going to play our originals, but we'll we'll be mindful not to saturate it, and we'll play some fun covers. And because we never we never backed off of pushing our original music, we became something more than a cover band. And that was that was a huge first step that kind of inadvertently happened. And uh, so with that. You have a different, you have a whole different marketing angle. You know, you're you're not singing everybody else's song. You can do a set of your own originals. Original, and now yeah. it's like, now let's just get people to like them. You know, and so that's where all the promoting and marketing and, and all the things you can take advantage of, and just starting to build around who we are, trying to sell, you know, who we are as people, and building those relationships so they back. They say, hey, I get this. I like this guy. And they're singing songs about. Where we grew up hunting and fishing and, you know, family and this and, you know, funny songs that you could, all these relatable songs. And we start building around nothing but our original music, you know, with ferocity. And it, and it just, it just went from there, you know, and we were able to layer, layer in from that, you know, you don't have to be the best. You just have to be better than who's around you. And, and you know, and when, and when you're in those environments, you realize you don't, you can still do it incrementally so you don't blow it all right off the get. And so we just, we looked what other people's flyers look like and did them better. We, we, at least in our opinion, you know, something different, maybe better is a, not the right word. We did them differently. Something that was with intent. Everything we did, we just saw what was doing and do it different. And, uh, you know, it, it just was, I'm, I'm crazy when it comes to emailing and following up. You know, as soon as I get a response, I move to a phone call so I can immediately build some type of relational communication. And we started seeing crazy advancements and opportunities right off the bat. And it's and because of just kind of some different tweaks and approaches and what we had to offer that was different, what we were doing is different. I firmly believe that's that's what made the difference is being so proactive and not sitting back and waiting, but just forcing things to happen. You know, if you're proud of what you do, you're not afraid to push it. You know, I think when you don't have something to sell, it's easy to sit back because even if you do try to pursue it, you can get shot down. True. True. So but I love so what you been, just, that's been it. I love what you just said though. And I just took some notes is, you know, just get better. And I, I, I think that was right on point, man. And I think anytime you grow, you're looking to get better. And so you were looking to grow this and get better. And that's just not natural progression, right? For some people, not for everyone. Some people are content with just staying where they are. But for you guys, and I think that's where you see success, regardless of the industry, or regardless of what you're doing, that's where success is found. It's not from sitting back and just doing what's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's being okay with the risks involved. Yeah. You know, but I, I just, uh, I've been so confident with what we have that I don't feel none of it's been risky. If we get it, we've never oversold ourselves. You know, we, we try to stay very realistic with, with our sales approach and how we promote. And uh, because, again, all that plays in, because once someone calls your card and you can't produce what you're selling, it immediately go backwards. And someone goes, you know what, spend a lot of money for something that you guys can't do. And that. And we always felt that we just have to be confident in what we have and just sell that. Believe that what we have is working and sell only that. And it's been remarkable, you know, the, the, the progress that we've made. It's not rocket science, as I say. <laughs> no, but there's it's a not, science. but it's, it definitely, it's a, 
and it's all the little things, you know, and that's what makes me laugh the most. It's, we're not doing anything that anybody can't do per se, but we're doing it. And I think that's the difference. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So I want to shift gears here a little bit and appreciate okay. you talking about the background of the history of it all, which, and you know, the ideology, which is so on point, but you know, there's this common thread in, in you and I, which is Rick. And I'd love sure. to hear the backstory and how you got connected to Rick. And then, and then we'll kind of fast, we'll go into, you know, being at the event and everything that's transpired there. But I'd love to hear how you got involved because Rick's in Illinois. <laughs> you guys are on one coast. Yeah. We're on the other yeah. coast. Like we, we've met in the, in the middle of the country there in Illinois. But, um, you know, I'd love to hear how you got connected with them. It's another, to, to say this story and not understand that there is a God involved in, in certain scenarios, I believe in all scenarios, but to not see it with this story, you're, to me, you're, you're just foolish. And, uh, and I say it because of, well, you can, you can call me wrong at the end of the story, but it's, uh, I'm flipping there. What I do for a living, I've done it for, for 20, almost 25 years, I've been a self-employed taxidermist my whole life has been surrounded with hunting. I have guided for multiple outfitters, grew up hunting, got into taxidermy right out of high school and never looked back. And so my, my life is consumed with just following hunters, being around hunters, looking at taxidermy work, and social media opened up just a vast opportunity to just keep up with the Joneses and see what's going on and, and see what other hunters are doing and stuff like that. So. I'll, I'll never, ever, ever forget. I'm scrolling through, you know, mindlessly sitting there, not working and looking at Facebook. Then I come across this picture of a guy with two, with, with these two girls. And it just, you know, wh why I would stop there and not, I, I don't know, I, I don't know who this is. You know, I have no idea why it's on my feed. I have no idea about anything. And I stop on it enough to just be uh, captured by the first sentence. And I wish I could remember, you know, what, what that was, but I can't. But over, overall, it was Rick saying, hey, you know, this is where I'm at. Um, this, I've been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, it's terminal. It's not good. Uh, these are my daughters. And, and I just, I remember being brought to tears. And he was, it was kind of, it was right before he went on on his sheep hunt. Um, that, that's what that's when it kind of flared up. So it was mm -hmm. it it was it was early, fairly early on. You know, for for uh, that that was my that, that's where he was. That's what stage he was at before he went on his big sheep hunt. And so I read this thing, and I I I just see where his heart is. I see you know him saying, I don't want to waste. Any opportunity that I'm given, I don't want to, I want to, I have a, I have a message that I want to spread. I have an agenda that I want to meet. I have the Lord backing me. I have two daughters. I believe so much in this, in this foundation and what it's doing that I'm not stopping and I'm not going to waste any day that I'm given. And I'm just like, dude, that's incredible. That's, you know, I just, I've lost people with cancer um, and, and death and in any realm is horrible. Cancer seems to always just be painfully slow. And, and, and this guy's got a death sentence and he's not, he's still wanting to continue this, this mission that he's, that he's just talking about. So 
without even without even blinking an eye, I jump on the website. I try to find a contact number. It goes. I can't get a number to work, so I just email and I said, "Hey, listen, you don't know me from Adam, but I said I believe that that I can donate something to help generate some money for this event. You know, mm-hmm. I you're surrounded by hunters. I love hunters. I love what you just wrote. I do taxidermy work, so let me let me donate a life size mount to your foundation." And I never got any response back, and and so I just I never thought much of it. I figured if it was something of interest, someone would get involved, you know, get get back in, in contact with me. And it wasn't very many days after that that the phone rings, and it's Rick. And uh, from that point forward, you know, we would talk once or twice a week, if not more. Um, he was completely thankful for for the gesture, not knowing anything. And I told him, I said, man, it just it just hit me square in, square in the face, and I just want—I knew immediately that I wanted to be involved. And so that relationship started. Um, he was thankful to have the life-size mount donated, and uh, and it did. It went it went through. I can't remember who got it, or what happened, but over the the series of of time, you know, he's he goes on this hunt, and uh, he calls me out of the blue. He's like, man. You're not going to believe what I just got. And and I told him, I said, well, you're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you that I want to do. And there, you just can't stop me. So I told him, I said, if you get all your parts and pieces here, I'll mount that sheep for nothing. He's like, you can't do that. And I said, consider it just another donation. I said, you know, because I know how expensive taxidermy work is. Um, I know that where his money is going you know, was for the, the health of, for him and his family. And, uh, you know, the, the, the excitement and the burden of, of just trying to figure out how you're going to pay for something cool. And so I was able to to get him to send it to me. And along with his, the first bull that he killed, um, did a pedestal mount for him with his bull, did a life-size mount of his world record sheep. And it's the most treasured mounts that I've done. And, uh, you know, the sheep, of course, sits... Cabela's, that, right? That Cabela's, yeah. Yeah, you know, with his, all this, all the statistics on him. But but from from that, obviously that solidified our relationship pretty good. Um, I had just started working for an outfitter here in Southern Oregon. And, uh, <clears throat> and he just had awesome, awesome blacktail hunting opportunities. So I'm trying like crazy, like, hey, man, I talked to Mike and I said, here's the deal. You know, these are guys that we want to be involved with. I said, let's, if, if you got it in you, I'll donate my time. You can donate some time, but let's see if we can get Rick out here on a black tail hunt. And uh, just, just off from the hunt, I, he's going to be coming with a buddy. I mean, this, that's, this, 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 this is going to be a win across the board with everybody. And so it winds up being with uh, Brian Stevens. Yep. And uh, so that's how I get to meet Brian. And then, of course, him and Rick have a fantastic relationship. But we are, we're able to get, you know, Rick out here on a blacktail hunt. And over the course of that, you know, type of the thing and, and the communication, it comes up that we sing. And he's like, well, I put on a music festival, you know, type of thing. This happened for the blacktail hunt, but in a conversation. And so he, he invites us out to that. And I tell the guys, I said, you know, hey, listen, um, this, this would mean a lot to me and this would this, we're all going to benefit from this but if we can budget accordingly 
let's let's all get our tickets and let's go to this event and let's let's play some music in a in a film. And so as, with the, the, no resistance from anybody. These guys not even knowing Rick. Um, and I, you know, of course, gave him the backstory and everybody, you, you just can't help but fall in love with the guy without even knowing the guy. I did it. And, uh, so they all jump on board. We spend the money to get there and back. And it was, I mean, I can't express enough the, what happens at that event. And I know that you understand more than anybody, but it's one of those things where you can explain it to your blue in the face, but it's just something at the end of the day where someone you just have to you have to immerse yourself in that event, and if you do, you just see so much love and generosity, and uh, and it all circles around one man. And it just we we went to that event, and it's like we are never not going, you know. And so it yeah, just it's became customary. It became that that's what we were doing. It didn't matter what we had going on. We all are we're never going to miss that event. So, yeah, and, I, and you know, it's, it's it's special for our listeners at home, and and you know, you and I have been there multiple times, and you know, it's just something special about it. And I think you just kind of hit the nail right on top of the head, Dustin. Is it's just, I think the love that you feel when you walk in, and the reasons for why they were doing what they're doing, and you know, it's a little bit different model than what we have here, at Project Purple with Team Corona. Sure. You know, it's 100% volunteers and the community really rallies. And there's so many little backstories from where the farm is. You know, Wags there, the gentleman yeah. who owns the property because it's on private property, and you know, his son battled cancer, and you know, to have Rick and Rick would always bring someone special. Um, when he was there, you know, that was also battling cancer, that not necessarily pancreatic cancer, so it was never. Sure. And I, I think this is the testament to Tim and the rest of the folks at Team Corona. It's never been about Rick. It was always about exactly. helping others. And I think that's yeah. like the attitude and the, the sediment when you get there is it's not about Rick. It was never about Rick. And, you know, no. it's about helping other people. And here you have, you know, this legacy that Rick has passed on to Tim and Vince and the rest of the family. Yeah. You know, of just like having that vibe. So like you walk in and you're like, damn, man, like how could you not want to like get into the silent auction or, you know, the, the exactly. raffle prizes and then, you know, hear great music and just food and just, you know, it's just really like something really special. And, you know, they have brought back other families that are local in the community. And that's something that's so, you know, I, I think with today's day and age. You mentioned YouTube and the internet, and I think, you know, social media is a great thing. Clearly, you know, that's how I met Rick was through social media, sure. uh, which is crazy hearing your story, you know, through, yeah. through how you got in touch with him. But, you know, there's so many benefits, but there are some negatives, right? Like how many oh, times yeah. do you go to a restaurant and you have four people all on their smartphones or smart devices, yeah. right? And they're not even conversing, right? So, but you go into this event, it's just so wild. And, and I think this is what's kind of lost in this country now is that, you know, this idea and this thing that happens which is called community and you mentioned the church before and i think i was brought up in the roman catholic faith unfortunately i don't practice roman catholicism anymore because of the scandals and everything that that's transpired unfortunately i just don't feel like i could go back um i don't know that's just me personally it's there's no right or wrong to that but i i think you know that that whole concept of community is somewhat lost and i don't know if that's social media if that's like 
you know, this expectation I, to make I think more. That's a major part of it. Right? I, I, there's no doubt. If there was one, if, if, if down the road, when someone's flipping through a history book, if it's not looked as the worst, worst decision to be made, it should at least be the second one. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> going, going to the Team Corona event, it's like electrifying because you have that community. And it's so special. No, that's, you're absolutely right. It, there's a sincerity and a genuineness with every single people, people that you've never even known, but you immediately connect with. It, it's so crazy. I mean, we both can probably go through our list of friends on social media that I, I know there's probably like 50 to 60 that I've met oh, yeah. just through those events, right? And you included yeah. and, and the rest of the guys in the band. It's just so awesome. So, um, but there was something special, you know, after Rick's passing. And I know I was kind of fortunate and some other people to, to see it before it played, which was a tribute that you guys put on for Rick. After he had passed, you along yeah, and, with some and other and musicians. Yeah, a little bit of the backstory on that, just which I thought was really cool. Um, and I, I cherish the... That, although I wasn't there, the moment is, is a very precious moment to me. And I just, you know, I've been on the phone with Brian, been on the phone with Dana, been on the phone with, you know, with Sarah Wyan, and, and just everybody kind of updating. It's like, man, it's just it's not doing good. This is this is probably going to be it, you know. And, and you know, you're just come. Everybody's coming to terms with it. And it's, um, it's Rick's is a bittersweet uh you know, for me, you know, being a like-minded believer, you know, to, to, to transcend out of the pain and the suffering and, and know that the confidence that he had of where he was going, that, that is helpful, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop being hurt. You know, it's, it's scary. And uh, for those around you, it's, it's just hard to watch. And I just remember thinking about all these things that I, that I thought about Rick. And before I even before I even thought about what I was doing, you know, I found myself jotting them down and they're just falling in this, they just fall into this song. And before I even, it was, it was a start to finish 15 minute event for Rick's song. And I played through it once. I'm like, I don't want to change a damn thing about this song. I said, I, I believe that it really hits on a lot of things that he was, that, that you know, where he identified with and, and whatnot. And I, and I sent it to Brian Stevens. Um, and he, he asked if he can share it with Rick. He goes, I don't know, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's at that stage. He goes, I don't know if he'll be able to hear it, but he goes, I want to, I want to play him this song. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, he plays it for Rick. And <clears throat> he said that, uh, you know, Rick did he did some type of gesture that he hadn't done. And he goes, I like to think that, you know, that he enjoyed that. And it's cool. That's even tough for me to talk about. <laughs> Excuse me. But so it's, uh, <clears throat> it was very special, you know? And, and so because of that, I'm like, that's it, man. This is, we're going to iron this out. And I want to, you know, I want to perform this, you know, this is a, a tribute song for him. And, and, and I had a brain, you know, an idea, of, I just wanted to involve the video with, uh, I wanted our music to play, but I wanted it, I didn't want it to be anything about us. I wanted it to be about him. And so as, as luck would have it, um, I get a hold of, of a few guys that knew a few guys. Next thing I know, the song falls in the laps 
of the folks in Duck <laughs> Dynasty, and they uh, they immediately immediately jump on board and say, "We have so much fun footage. We'll put together a video for you with this song." And that's it's 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 got to be my favorite thing of all time. I'll watch it. I'll watch it routinely every week. It's so cool that you know. I mean, when this was going on through going all down i know you and i talked about some yeah. things and, and it was just so cool to see this whole collaboration go through and i i think i mean i get chills just talking about it yeah but when we were at the team corona event following rick's passing and that was like the first time i think the public had seen the video and also heard the song and just like mm-hmm. man you could hear like a pin drop in that whole field and just it's just so awesome and i i think you know, the video, the song is amazing, but then the video is just, just a, a great compliment to a great man who we all loved and uh, is surely yeah. missed by so many. So, I mean, it, again, I go back to from what we said in the very beginning, just you and I talking about the genius of music and how you're able to pull that together, man, is just really amazing. And that is a gift. That's a gift, uh, a gift from God. And and we appreciate yeah. it, and uh, I just think it's just so awesome, man. So it's just great stuff. It, yeah, you know, and all that, all that to be said, you know, that surrounds Rick, you know, and, and what's what's come because of that, you know, is just uh, cancer is just a miserable, miserable thing, and then being involved with that, and and getting to meet you, and then being being able to even you know elevate our involvement you know, with, with project purple, that's been, that's been just as special because of where it, because of the fly, you know, that's, it's, yeah. it's still, it all circles around, you know, a very specific thing, which, which is Rick. And it's amazing how, you know, if you could just draw a line through all this stuff and, and, and just watch where that line ends up every time it, it'd be, it would, it would be a Rick, you know, and I think that's so cool. And, uh, you know, to, to have you, want to be involved and appreciate what we're doing than having us be able to do a cool video and be a part of your of which because I, I mean I'm telling you man I if, I would do as much as I physically possibly could for awareness and for help and, and to have those opportunities and to be involved with both with what I think because I've learned a ton and done my own looking and I, I'm hard pressed to find anything that's more proactive and it could just be because those are the circles I'm in but I would suspect even beyond what I even know, I can't imagine being involved in, in, in better proactive things for the awareness and for the shutdown of cancer. I just can't imagine it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's special stuff, man, when you really like peel all these layers back. And I think there's so many of these little stories that come out of Rick's, you know, connections. And, you know, I used to say it's hard to find reasons for why, and we do. I've been dealing this almost nine years now. Yeah. Why does this person get sick, and you know this happens, and these families, you know, sometimes the shrapnel of this disease is just so evil, and it tears families yeah. apart. And I, I tend not to think about the why of that, right? I I I kind yeah. of have an idea why I do what I do. I I do know why I do what I do, but. But if you look at this whole relationship with Rick and all these connections, man, between Tim, Vince, you guys, and some other groups of friends, and you yeah. know, it's just so fascinating, you know, that 
I mean, selfishly, you never want to see anyone leave this earth, but the connections, you know, I, I, I really think like in 20 years, we're still going to be looking at this and going, holy cow, man, like this yeah. all happened because of this one individual. I truly believe yeah. that, man. And, and, you know, I don't know if we'll, hopefully we won't still be in this business because we've, we've done our job and we move on, but you know, Certainly. these friendships and these relationships we've created, I think will last forever, man. It's just so, so oh, crazy. Oh, 100%. You know, there's, uh, <clears throat> like, the, the list would go on and on and on with just the, the benefits of, you know, of being involved with Team Crone. And not even knowing Rick very well for folks that just come because they're invited. Because, I mean, what, what, it, what it does is unlike any other thing that I've ever seen, you know, it's, it's something that's, it's very real. Um, and I think that's the draw. That's what captivates. I think people are, are way smarter than we give them credit for. And they can see through the BS. Yeah. They can see people can go, we can all go through the motions and create an event. Oh, that was nice. But that's not the case with, with, with the team Corona stuff. It's, it is not, it's the opposite of that. It's a genuine interest and involvement, no matter what. And that's, that's incredible to me, you know, because I've been, like I said, you look at any nonprofit event and there's, you can walk in and just be like immediately struck by the BS. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you can see that. That's not the surface. Case walking into no. freaking Cary, Illinois. <laughs> no, not at all, man. Not at all. So for our listeners at home, um, to learn more information on the Team Corona event, because I want to give them a nice shout out. So it's sure. teamcoronafoundation.org. Uh, the event happens annually in September. I believe it's usually around the weekend of the 21st, 19th, 20, 21st. It usually rotates on that weekend. And it's a great event. It happens out in Crystal Lake. Which is not far from Chicago. I've, I've Ubered there, which is about a 45-minute Uber without traffic, which is nice. And yeah. uh, they put on a great event. You guys have been great to perform there. They've had a uh, couple of really – I mean, they've had the guy from uh, – and, and Dustin, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Benton Blunt, I believe. Benton Blunt. Correct. He's a local guy, but he was on America's Got Talent or was he on yeah. The Voice? Yep. I, I don't remember which oh, show. The Voice. The Voice, yes. And he was like a finalist, and he's got a, a personal connection. I think he lost his grandmother or someone in his family, pancreatic cancer, and he's a local Illinois product. Um, yep. They've also had um, the lady who sang Tuxedo. I forget her name. Yes, Claire Dunn. Claire Dunn, that's right. She's a Nashville recording yep. artist, I believe. And yep. So they've had some great acts um, and some local people, too. This year they had the local group. I forget their name. Um Oh, it's just on the tip of my tongue because I was trying to think of it when you were saying it. Uh, I, I forget. Yeah, but you know, they were awesome, though. They yeah, were, they were a great band. I had to leave a little bit early because I had to get to the airport to get on a plane. I had to leave early this yeah. year. But uh, you guys have always done a great job, and there's always a great lineup of music guests, and they've got a great stage. I mean, this is like a full-on production that these guys put on, and so it's not, uh, you know, they've got the pyrotechnics, the lights, the cameras, uh, the they TV screens. They've got it's it incredible. all. So this is totally legit, and they've got a huge 
huge um, tent that fits, I think, almost 500 people. And just the food is always on point. The raffles are always on point. The beer is always cold and flowing. The weather sometimes has been funny because I think there's been years where it's been really cold. And there's been other years where it's been like super warm. So, you know, but that's September in Chicago. So you go figure. But great, great event. So for those listening at home, um, they can uh, learn more at Team Corona Foundation. Dot org. Uh, that event happens in September, and, and they're a great partner. We're, we're looking forward to being back there and looking forward to seeing you guys there uh, as well. Absolutely, yeah. We'll, we're already on the bill, so we'll be there. Awesome, awesome. So I've got a couple of questions here uh, before we let you go, and this is something not related to Team Corona or to music, but you and I talked a little bit about this. You were a runner at some point, right? You've run some uh, half marathons, right? I have ran several Full marathon, and I chipped away 250 milers. Nice, chipped away at 250. I like how you threw that in at the end. That's like that's like our buddy Cam Haynes, who I know. Uh, I don't know if you've ever met Cam. He was at Rick's event, but you know, he likes you know yeah. chipping away at a marathon every day, like it's no big deal. Like yeah. he actually does run one every day. Yeah, I had a. Uh, it was a good go for me, and and I've. I'm getting back into it slow but sure. It's just different now for me. But yeah, I, I had the opportunity. I was I was consumed by running for a while. It was had a it was it was a, over a bad streak in my business. There's a relief when it comes to running that I never knew. I never ran as I never did anything, you know, any type of endurance training when I was a kid. I I uh in track I was a sprinter. Um as a kid, you ride your dirt bike or you ride your BMX bike around, but my sports career was hunting. I abandoned ship on all that stuff because I, <laughs> every weekend I wanted to be hunting and I was over committing to practice. So I never did anything. But the, yeah, that's, I remember sitting there on a, I don't even know, it was a weekday and my wife was like, hey, we're going to cancel this membership if you don't use it. And I'm like, oh, I was going to use this first of the year it was because it was a, it was a New Year's thing. I promised to go. And so I need, for some reason, in my mind, I was going to do a triathlon, and that's what started the whole thing. So I never, never swam, never biked, never ran. So obviously, triathlon is what you want to train for. Yeah, true. <laughs> so I, I, I embarked on that mission, and and I did, I did it. It was a, it was a small one. Um, it's a local one, but it really opened my eyes of like, hey man, I've never really pushed myself like that in this realm, and I never thought I could swim three quarters of a mile. I certainly didn't think I could mountain bike around a lake and then to run a, a five mile trail run after that. I was like, that was I feel good about that. You know, that was fun. And, and as things kind of developed, you know, uh, running was the easiest thing for me to do. I could just walk right out my door and be away from everybody and run. And, you know, at first it was five miles or so. And then five miles turned into eight and eight turned into 10 and 10 turned into a half. And then all of a sudden it's like, shoot, I think I want to run a marathon. And Portland Marathon was my first marathon. And I'll never forget it. Um, it. It seemed like there was crowds of people in all the right places and live bands and thousands of people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is so awesome. <laughs> and other than the fact of literally not being able to step over a credit card the next day, I, I, it was, I, I can't even describe the pain, you know? And, and it was only one time, there was only that one. Everyone after that, I was a lot better, but it was so miserable. But at the same time, I loved it, you know. And so it, from that one, it went to another marathon, to another marathon. And I never, 
I never was in any shape to be competitive, but it really, that wasn't the point for me. It was just being able to do it. It was a, I broke through more mental barriers than I ever thought I could because of running. That's and so it was, awesome. It, it was after the couple marathons, I just thought I got more into trail running and I did a back-to-back 50 milers for two years. And then it was during, you know, it was like eight or nine hours of freaking running and uh, finished both of them. Felt good about just not dying. And then uh, thought I'd work up to 100, and that's when I got hurt. And then I just, I was able to step away from it long enough to where I lost so much of it. It became more frustration, and then life kind of threw me in a different path and kids and just what I was involved, and I couldn't justify the time. And and I, I could tell you every excuse in the book, and all of them were working in the moment, but I regret getting out of it, but I, I enjoy looking forward to doing it again. <laughs> it's hard to be content with getting tired after three miles, though. It makes me frustrated. <laughs> it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, as they say, right? So you gotta, That's you right. gotta lead up to it at some point. Well, maybe yeah. we'll have to get you back out there at some point here in the future. And, and maybe there'll be some plans for that Sunday. Well, I don't know. I know usually that Saturday night's at late night there in, uh, in Crystal Lake. So I was going to say maybe there's a plan for something on that Sunday in the future, but we'll, we'll have to see. Hey, so I have a question for you. With all the success you've had, and I know I hinted to it, but you guys had some pretty cool success this year. You actually opened up for a pretty big deal on the country music scene. And I just wanted to talk about that first but then also where do you see you guys in five years well um those are both pretty pretty cool things you know we like i said our progression has been great this year you know our first our first big guy that we got to open for was dustin lynch and it's an experience that i'll never forget um it was the first time we played for this was two years ago um at, at, a, at a local event that we have it's it's brit it's one of those events where it's, it's exclusive to this area. People love to play it. It's got a really neat atmosphere, but that was kind of our first taste. And then this year, it was interesting. It started us off with, uh, or last year, I should say, we, we got open for Granger Smith and meet all those guys. Um, and it was, it was so cool. Again, these are guys you look up to, you know, and for whatever reason, whether you want to admit it or not, you put them on pedestals, and and as soon as you meet them, you 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 can just walk back and shake your head and go, "That knucklehead ain't any different than me," you know, type <laughs> of thing. It's just, I and I love that part of it because you you see, you just see what they're doing, and you're just so, you're just you just like ah, I can't believe it. Look what he's doing. He's playing for the military. Look what he's doing. Then then he then he jumps off the stage and walks up and cracks a joke and shakes your hand and says, if "There's anything I can get you." Just let me know. And you're going, what? <laughs> so what are you talking about? So we got to open for him, and that was great. Got to hang out with him, talk with him. And then we also got to open for Trace Atkins. And he was one, you know, he's a little bit of the older guys, old school. But, uh, you know, he did not disappoint either. It, we, uh, it was the largest crowd we've played for um, on a main stage at a fair. But we didn't really have any in we didn't think we'd get a physically meet him because a lot of the country artists are weird. They hold it. Not, I shouldn't say weird, but I guess you have to appreciate that they just, that's their job and they just don't want to spend a lot of time talking with, you know, probably the questions that they've answered for a hundred years to the same drunken idiots. <laughs> and so, and so you, you kind of respect that 
you know, but you just, you always want to kind of push that envelope a little bit. So we're standing out in the back after we got done performing and we're just kind of just taking our time because our passes to be where we were at ended after our performance. So we're kind of dragging our heels just saying, Hey, maybe we can catch him walking out type of thing. And, and we look over and uh, out of the trailer, here he comes with just, was just his manager. And so it's like, we all, <laughs> he starts walking and the guy had the slowest walk I ever seen, you know, just, He's so big, but... Well, yeah, I was going to say, he's a tall arm. dude, right? Like, he's, what, like 6'5", six, 6'6"? Six, six? he's... And he, not only is he tall... He's wide. he's just... He's big-featured. Yeah. You know, his arms are just big gang. So here he walks. Takes him about... Seems like 20 minutes to go 35 yards. And uh, <laughs> he winds up coming right in front. He's smoking a cigarette. And I had positioned myself in front of my pickup, um, you know, before he got there. And I was... As soon as he got within speaking distance, I'm like, I'm going to say something. And so I hollered out, I was like, hey, man, thank you so much for, for letting us be a part of this, you know, and, and opening. And he's like, oh, guys, no problem. I love, you know, it sounded really good from what I heard. And and, uh, and and the manager, he goes, hey, you guys want to take a picture? So we were able to get a picture with him. You know, the interaction was brief, but it it's still, it's still cool when someone that you admire takes the time to say, nice job, guys, keep up the good work, thank you, and and off he goes. And, and I'll never forget, he, he walked past us, and I had my guitar sitting off stage still, and he kneeled down smoking a cigarette, just reading all the stickers on my guitar. And I wish I could have got a photo, because it was pretty bitching. That's so awesome, man. So, That's so awesome. And then he made reference to us when he got up on stage, which is also something very cool. It's like, man, how about those guys, Fogline? You know, they did a great job. You know, hats off to them. It's like, three seconds, those who we are. <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of little kids, you know? It's just... yeah. It's just cool. Well, cool. as they say, man, hard work pays off, man. And that's just hard work and just uh, appreciation of what you guys have accomplished, man. And it just kind of goes in line. My last thing here, Dustin, and, and this has been awesome. And, and, you know, man, I just learned two things about you that I did not know. One is that uh, <laughs> you do taxidermy, which I that blew me away, man. And we could do a whole podcast on that and just... <laughs> The whole, <laughs> yes. you know, the whole found, you know, foundation and how the history of Fogline started, man, was something that I and naively never asked the question. So it's probably rude on my part to never ask that question. All the times we've interacted, man, I should know the backstory of it. So <laughs> no, just, it's just great a great deal to, to share it. I, there's such good stories, you know. It's just, it's just neat to to revisit them and to uh, to be able to share them. You know, I just I love sharing stuff like that. Well, I, I think it's awesome, and I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to share with our audience. And But the last thing is, probably the most important thing for our listeners at home, is where could they find more about you, more about the band, listen to the music, see the videos, and I highly recommend people to do that because you guys have put out some great original tracks, and I'm a big fan Clearly, you hear it from the front and in the end of our podcast, but there's so many other great tunes that uh, people should be getting sure. on their iTunes or wherever they're available to download. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're fairly easy to find. Um, just typing in Fogline is going to get you someplace to track it down. We have, a, you know, we have a pretty cool website, and it's foglinemusic.com. Pretty simple. Um, on that website, there's tabs for social media links um, or their social media links for YouTube and for our Facebook. Facebook is probably our most active um, websites, kind of like command central to, you know, there's, there's ways to contact us for, um, you know, like Google documents to, to try to book us. 
There's all the all the stuff a website should have. There's links to a store. We we have a lot of cool merchandise. There's a portal there that gets you to where T-shirts and anything you want can get right to your doorstep. Uh, so the website's a, a good place to go. Facebook, like I said, are you search at the band Fogline on Facebook or just Fogline, you'll be able to navigate to our page and, and uh, that that's a that's a great place, you know. And even from there, there's links to other social media. Our Instagram is the same thing. Just Fogline Music. You can find us there. We try to keep try to keep current with with most of that stuff, and it's uh, it's weirdly beneficial. You know, it goes beyond in this day and age being social media what it is. A lot of bookings and a lot of things are decided on the numbers that they think you can generate, and a lot of that stuff is identified by by all your social media links. And so, the bigger shows we're booking, they're already looking at okay, they have you know X number of likes, um, so their footprint is about that big because they're in the business of selling seats, and so. The more likes and the more involvement you have with the community and, and with, with folks that are following you, you, you just better represent yourself as something legitimate. So we always we always appreciate the likes. You know, it does more than just feed our egos. It it actually is a it it is a helpful, helpful thing. So but that's it. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Um, so go out in Fogline. So go out for those listening at home. And follow Fogline on social media. That's that's the do message. It. Here. Do it, do it. Well, Dustin, thank you again for being on the Project Purple podcast. I mean, your story of growth and getting better and being really, you know, I, I took away a lot from this. But you know, true to you, who you are, and never kind of changing. And I think that's an important lesson, as we said, you know, in today's society, just stay who you are. You don't need to conform or change to what everyone is saying. Be you. Absolutely. And be the best you you can be, um, you know, and, and being proactive. So yeah. I really appreciate taking time, man. This has been awesome. And uh, that's a wrap on another inspirational Project Purple podcast episode. Be-